for your protection, for your direction. We thank you in this hour. We acknowledge you as Lord, as King. We worship you, Lord, for you alone are worthy. And all God's people said, Amen. Once again, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and nod at them and say, it's so great to see you this morning. <laughs> I hope you won't uh, mind indulging me to be down here where we are. I just feel like I felt this way for the last couple of Sundays that I wanted to um, not be further away from you but to be closer to you because I'm not afraid. Amen. Clap your hands again and thank the worship team for what they help us to do before God. We appreciate you all. We appreciate our, I'll call you our orchestra. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Aren't you glad to be alive in these times? I wanted to tell you this morning that we are in new territory. We've never been here before. Our nation, our, our, our state, our nation, our continent, our world, we've not been quite in this situation before. We have had pandemics. We have had Difficulty. We've had plagues. That's not new. But in the way this has come forth, it's not the same. I want to share what the Lord has given me to give you today. I don't want to be, I'd like to just be succinct today. Um, but I just want to begin by telling you, I'm not afraid. And I hope you're not. I want to, I want to, in fact, I'm going to talk to you this morning about not afraid. It's important because we, we live in the world, don't we? And uh, if you're living in the world, you, you, you're not a hermit. You're not, you haven't hidden yourself away. You're in the midst of all that's going on. I'm taking a bit of a survey this morning. How many of you have been asked to stay? And I see a husband. Bless you, man. I'm honored today. How, how, many of you, how many of you have been asked to stay home from work? Can I see your hands? Or, or, or at least work from home. How many of you have been asked to? Can I leave your hands up? I just want to see. That's probably uh, a good third to half of us. Um, how many of you, your children are not going to school, but they're now staying home? It changes the dynamic, doesn't it? It's, it's really amazing. Out of seven million people, out of seven million people in the state of Georgia, right now, uh, last count a few hours ago, 66 people have contacted the virus. Out of seven million people. Say it again, please. And one has passed. We trust gone on to their reward. Amen. Uh, it's an amazing thing because it's the life we live. We're, we're in it, amen? But I just, first of all, I want to applaud your courage. We said we were going to have service and you showed up. I think you should give God praise for that, amen? Yes. And I want, I want you to know that it's a, it's with every tragedy, with every with every dangerous situation comes an opportunity. And we need to have our eyes open to see the opportunity that God has presented before us. By the way, God is not in heaven with his one hand on his head talking about, oh, I don't know what to do. God who knows it all, sees it all, knew beforehand and also knows the outcome that is that's the God that we serve. 
And I want, to, I want to point you to him today. When you have crises, crises define your, crises define your values. Crises, how you act in the midst of a crisis, determine the values you hold to be true in your life. And, and right now, the Lord has the body of Christ on notice. Never have we had a greater opportunity than the one that we have right now. And I want you to be prepared to take advantage of that opportunity. This is why, this is why I decided, not just alone, but having our leaders on our we call our Zoom call, talking to each other. We do this quite often, by the way, where we are talking to each other. And I want to encourage you that you, that you don't quit talking to each other. It's very important. And as we were sharing yesterday, day before, uh, whether, to not, whether or not to have our meeting publicly, I want you to know you're going to be criticized one way or another. You meet and people say, well, you don't care. Or if you don't meet, you say you're scared. You know, you say, <laughs> you know I don't care. I said, Lord, I want to follow you. As much as I can hear and understand, not being an expert, the lowest number of gathering that I've heard in California, the restaurants will not serve more than 100 people at a time. That's the lowest number that I've heard. For most public gatherings, 500 people has been declared a large gathering, and they, 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 it is considered prudent not to have that gathering if it's 500 or more. We're not there yet. We're on the way there, but we're not there yet. And so since we're, not, we're on the way, we're going to keep meeting. Amen. Talk to your neighbors. Every week, every week, we will judge the situation as it comes. I want to say that to be that that's the way your bishop is leading right now. I'm not making a long-term prediction because the facts are coming out every day differently. And it is amazing that Georgia is one of the lowest states in the whole United States that have been impacted by this. It's amazing. But I also know that the body of Christ in Georgia is quite prolific. I think that's amazing. Clap your hands if you, if you hear that. Amen. For those of you that are joining us on live streaming, I want you to know that if you're feeling bad, if, if you're not feeling well, then yes, it's prudent to stay home. But if you're okay and we're under, at this point, 500 people, we're going to continue to meet, but we will give this a judgment week by week. So I'm gonna ask Metro, I'm gonna ask you to be on it in terms of your social media. Now I know you can, because I've, I've checked most of you out on Facebook. which is another revelation, by the way. And I'm going to be addressing you from Facebook. I will be addressing you, and we'll continue to do so, and week by week. So I want you just to consider that we're gonna to continue to assemble as long as we believe that it is prudent and safe. We're not afraid, and we're not irresponsible either. I want you to know that we have upped the whole um, uh, level of, of, of sanitation, and particularly for our children, that has, that's been on, in our heart, on our mind, and we've put that to action. We have supplied materials even more so than normal for sanitation. And, and yes, I, even though it's been a habit of mine and I love to connect the body of Christ this way, I am going to be wise about hugging necks and shaking hands. I, I don't want you, but I don't want you to be afraid. Like the brother I met the other day, I, this was last week and I was in a wedding and I, I had never met him before. And, um, you know, he, I was being introduced to him and I stretched my hand out and he went, oh, I went, I went <laughs> it's, it's, um, I don't mean to be that way. And neither are we afraid to speak with each other. And people that are even that are wearing, wearing masks, um, what we are, the statistics that we are hearing, that masks are not really making that much of a difference. Understanding the nature of what we face. Now, I said in the beginning, we've not faced this before. 
uh, as a nation, as a world. And one of the one of the reasons is because the world is more connected today than ever before in history by the means of social media. N we now can talk to relatives, you know, FaceTime, full time, in time, right now, on the other side of the world. And so there's the reports; it's different now. We've not seen it this way before. I'm, uh, I want to be a responsible leader in the body of Christ. I do not want to put you nor anyone else in harm's way, but I want to tell you I'm not afraid. What I'm trying to tell you is I feel so good that I'm not afraid. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. This confidence that God has given us in the midst of peril is an amazing thing. And I, so let me share with you this morning because I want you to have that position. I want you to carry that position that you're not afraid. Beloved, our safety is not based on our surroundings, but on our center. Your safety is not predicated on what's around you when God is with you. Your safety is based on the center of your life. Who is with you? Who you believe? We're going to figure out, we're going to find out today who believes and who doesn't believe. This reveals where we are. Whether you're living, whether you're living in or cowering in fear, whether you're looking left and looking right, this is not the life that God has prescribed for you. Amen. 365 times, 365 times, one for every day of the year. The, the scripture speaks, do not be afraid. Fear not. Is it possible that God knew what we were going to face? And I want to say this to you. We haven't seen all of it yet. This is a small portion of what is yet to come. Because, because, because we, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, God is preparing us to be light and not darkness. To be present and not absent. To be the answer, to be the solution and not the problem. And the darker it grows, the Bible says we, you and I, we shine like lights. Now, I'm not suggesting that you run into harm's way. And may I say to you and all of you that are listening, if, if you are ill, don't act like you're not. Get that taken care of, amen. And understand that just because you're coughing doesn't mean it's a death sentence. It could be pollen. You could have swallowed your spit down the wrong pipe. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? The world has released such an incredible fear into the atmosphere and many, how do I know that? Because there was no water, no bread, no disinfectant and no toilet tissue. What is that? What are you gonna do with toilet tissue? Or do you anticipate a greater movement in your life? I don't know. Maybe that's what the deal is. But it, it is amazing. The last time I saw this was 9-11. I, I want to tell you something. I had swallowed the Kool-Aid and I was in the middle of it too. I had the best, the deepest, most prevalent um, sources telling me that the, the systems are not able to handle when it switches over that the water was going to quit working. I got me some 55 gallon drums. I put it down. I, I'm confessing. In my basement, I fill them drums up with water. Okay, I'll be truthful. I had weapons. Hello. I had weapons in all the rooms. I'm telling you where, I'm just being honest with you. I took my whole family to the shooting range before time so that I could, they could be sure that they could, you know, they could point the thing right. 
That was that not line. Not, that wasn't 9/11, but that was when the century you know, when the century changed, right? Why? Oh, you're so good. Why? Two K. Man, and here we are facing something personal. You know, you don't know. How do you how do you respond? What should the church do? How should we act in the midst of this crisis? Because we are here. What do we do? How do we treat people? How do we deal with each other? I believe that God, who knows all these things, would speak to us today to be really clear about what we do. It starts with your attitude. First time God ever said this, he said it to Abram. He said, do not fear. Abraham, do not be just speak that in the air, maybe to your neighbor if it's okay. You don't have to blow on them, but just, just speak to them. Just say, do not be afraid. And the Lord said, because I am your shield and I am your very great reward. The first time you ever said those words, I want you to understand that Jesus again and again and again Again, spoke to his disciples of any command he gave to his disciples continually and as much or more than any other was don't be afraid he got real personal with Jesus and his disciples when they were in the boat crossing the, the lake and he's in the bottom of the boat sleep and the way it's tumultuous I mean it's a storm gale tsunami like they are afraid. And they, because the boat is turning and tossing, and they're thinking, any moment we are done, we can't tread water that long. And, and they think he's, and they, they run down, and they shake him, Jesus, and they wake him up. And he, you know, and by the way, when it says he was asleep, we're talking about comatose. We're talking about snoring sleep. Huh? Some, of you know, some of you sleep real lightly, so if, if, you, if a rat run across your living room, you jump, you, you know. Some of you are so light sleepers, and when people are overcome, by the way, with fear and anxiety, they don't sleep deep sleep. One little off noise. <laughs> That's not what the Bible describes with Jesus being asleep in the bottom of the boat. He was gone. They had to shake him to wake him up. And he said, why are you afraid? You know, it is an amazing thing because most of us human beings, whatever we feel like we can't control, whatever we, when we feel like we are helpless, we tend to move into fear. We start, we start compensating to help ourselves. You know, there are people who are just, they just isolate themselves. This is not a time for isolation. And neither is it a time for foolishness. But the, it is a time for boldness. When you're not afraid, you can be bold. Jesus wakes up it from that sleep and he, he stands at the boat, the boat just rocking, waves. Just if, I don't know how many of you have ever been on the ocean. Anyone ever been on a cruise? Well, you know, one thing that will put the fear of God in your heart is at night on a cruise and, and the ship's light shine on the waves and you see how incredibly powerful it is and how helpless you are and Jesus stands up in the boat and he says peace shut up literally what he says he speaks to the waves and in an instant it's like calm sea the disciples look at him and who is this King James, what manner of man is this that even the waves obey his voice? When you are afraid, you're afraid because you're, you're not in control. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to deal with your control issues in this situation. Amen. <laughs> Quickly, what do you do 
because the Bible is so explicit about us not being afraid, there's reasons why the Bible teaches we are not to be afraid. John 14, 1. Check that out. Can you put that up? Can I, are we okay with that? John 14, 1. Do not let, I love this verse, do not let your heart be troubled. You mean to tell me you let your heart? That's exactly right. You choose. You choose what level of fear or fear at all you live in. It is in your choice. He said, do not let your heart be troubled. And what's the antidote? Believe in God. If you believe in God, you believe in me, Jesus said. His word to the body of Christ right now, across the world, and every continent, don't let your heart be troubled. I don't care how bad it looks. If you want to really go there, he's able to keep you in the middle of it. And if he chooses to bring you home, you'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. So don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor. You can look at him anyway and say, don't be afraid. <laughs> if you want to be cautious, then go, don't be afraid. Are you breathing, saints? Look at John 20. He, he didn't stop there. If you read the whole discourse, it's an amazing what kind of confidence the Lord is giving us out of his word. He said in, in John, John 14, 27, he said, my peace I leave. It's a gift. My peace I leave. What kind of peace? What's well, the kind of peace that allows me to snore in the bottom of the boat when the waves are overwhelming? My peace, what about it? I leave with you my peace. What does he say? I give to you. Are you there? Are we okay, Ken? Are, we, are you? Yeah, yeah, there it is. Are you there? What is this? My peace, I do what? I, I give to you. Not, come on, come on, come on, not what? Look at me, look at my eyes. This peace does not come from a blunt. This peace does not come from a bottle. He said, the kind of peace that I leave with you, he said, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not, read it, come on, say, what does it say? Do not let your heart be. A lot of Christians have heart trouble. A lot of believers have heart trouble because they have not looked at him. They forgot who was on the boat. They forgot who was in their life. And in this, in this situation that we're living in right now, you have to, you're going to have to deal. I want you this morning, by the grace of God, if the Lord would be so kind, if you would, have the, if you would exercise faith to receive the gift of peace that God said, I leave it with you, it's my gift I give to you. By the way, it's that peace that distinguishes you from the world. It is, the, it is that incredible calmness that you exhibit in the midst of storm, calamity, adversity, danger. Because you know something. When the Lord Jesus says to them, gives them the most incredibly potent message, right in the middle of the circumstances. What am I, chopped liver? I'm here, ain't I? You get it? I mean, I am on the boat. Am I not with you? It's almost a rebuke. How can you fear and the one who made those waves is here with you? And maybe you're questioning whether he's with you. Maybe for you, it's an issue of salvation. Maybe you have not felt that God is with you because of your life. Maybe you didn't invite him on your boat. Maybe you have decided deep down inside that I got this, I need to run this, I need to control this, I need to take care of this, I need, you know. And when you are in a situation where you can't protect yourself and you can't protect your family and you've done everything possible to do, and you're still in danger. 
it will come down to the one. You know, isn't it amazing that the whole world has bowed its knee to something it can't see? Here we are as the believers in the body of Christ. And the question is, are you, are you, are you yielding to that which the eye cannot see? Your Lord. So Jesus gives a command to those of us who believe. He says, I, <laughs> I'm leaving this with you. Don't let your heart be troubled. The last phrase. Don't let it be troubled. Notice the, the, the dot. Notice the comparison between what he says. Don't let it be troubled, and don't let your heart. Come on, what be afraid, fearful? Living in anxiety is beneath your privilege. You may not have all the information. You may not know all what to do. But one thing is clear about the scripture and about his declaration to us. We are not to be fearful. Do you know the one thing that has characterized too many believers is they, they being troubled or being fearful means every little thing that happens, you know, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. You know, there's some people who won't drive today. They got the ability, but they won't drive because they can't control the traffic. Some people don't go out because they don't know what people are going to do to me. There are people that when they get off of work, they don't mingle, they don't talk, they, don't, they go straight home. There are people who are living in horrible, terrible, fearful isolation. My God. But Jesus... It's a whole different ball game with him. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll show you in a moment that when all that was going on in the birth of the church, the church, it was different than any other organization because it was out there. Even when the church was driven underground by the threat of dictators and false gods, and, and, and terrible governments, they still found a way to share their faith with other people. Living in fear is a horrible thing. When you live in fear, you know what, you know that the Bible says fear has torment. Do you know how many people are tormented? Because, they, oh my God, what's going to happen? By the way, when you live in torment, your imagination goes berserk. You can invent something in your mind that does not even exist. You can conjure up feelings in your heart that are for no reason at all. Have you ever been in a situation where you were troubled, you were traumatized, troubled, and you were, you know, oh my God, oh my God, and, and because you were looking at what might happen, you thought what might happen was going to happen, and then it passed and it didn't happen, and you're so mad because you look back and say, my God, I went a whole two weeks, and it wasn't anything, it wasn't nothing what I thought it was. Have you ever been there? How many of you have spent more energy, more sweat and tears and trepidation over something that didn't even occur? Half, half empty or half full the glass of water, it's true for you, whichever one you believe. Faith in God accepts what he says about himself and about you. And if God would say, across the board, whatever happens, don't be afraid. You need to know something that other people don't know. Keep going, Flynn. I, I got stuck there for a second. I'll move quicker now. And he, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know this one. I know you know that. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. I know you know it. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. For God has not. That's not. Listen to the gift. I give my peace. I give to you. And this talks about what He did not give to you. Are you there? For God has what? Not given us the what? Look at your neighbor and says, "Fear is a spirit. Don't yield to it." Don't give in to it. Believe in God. Believe what he says. Believe in his protection. He's not giving you the spirit of, t 
timidity or fear, but of what? What kind of spirit did he get? Of what? I'm sorry, what? The power. And what? And what else? That means we are not running out and buying out the whole shelf of disinfectant. No, we're not. We, we, we are not, we are not buying out all the bread. You, some people have so much bread, it'll be molded by the time they get to it. It's the craziest thing in them. Come on, people. Have mercy. And for God's sake, I don't know what you're going to do with all that toilet paper. What are you going to do? Hey, all y'all online, where are you putting that toilet paper? It's got to be stacked up everywhere in your house. Of all things, toilet paper? Oh, I see. She, my wife enlightened me. She said, they're buying toilet paper because it's manufactured in China and they don't know when they're going to get some more. My God. My wife told me, she said, honey, it's okay. I know how to go back to dish rags. I know how to wash the dish rag out. I don't know how many, but you know, I just, you know, I was thinking, no, no, she didn't. I, I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean substituting one, but I don't mean that. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. Would you forgive me? Online listeners, just forgive me. So in John 17, he said, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in it. I want to, I want to acknowledge that. You are in it. God does not allow you to escape the situation. He allows you to be free from the, from the, from the result. And this has been through history. God's people have been in the midst of it. But God is the God who delivers you while you're in the midst. I won't go through it all, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's another in-depth message, message. But Psalm 91 gives a powerful description of what God does for you in the midst of plague. Essentially, plague. The word, if you look at the meaning of it, it actually means, you know, pandemic God knows and he revels in his ability to keep you right in the midst of it this is how he makes you light in the midst of darkness this is how he makes you matter when everyone else is failing this is how God this is how God gets his purpose done in your life this is how he makes a distinction between those that are his and those that are not. Who are you? You're going to have to answer that question in these days. We don't know how long this situation is going to be. We don't know. You can take it day by day. Well, what else is new? And we're going to go about doing what we are supposed to do what our responsibilities command us to do but in the midst of that I want you to open your heart and let God make your life light and let that light begin in the confidence that you carry you're not afraid let people see it let them feel the warmth of, of, the, of the security in your life when you're not afraid because God is your keeper your protector, and your healer. Three ways that we are not like this world. I'm going to end with these. Three ways you are not, you and I are not like this world. In John 14, 27, when he says, don't be fearful and don't be troubled, and in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, when he says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, Number one, we live by faith and not by fear. Write that down. I live by faith and not by fear. We live by faith and not by fear. Who wrote that B-U-I? Who did that? We li I told you, man, don't give the notes. Just give the scripture, remember? Okay. <laughs> we live by faith and not by fear. It's number one. This is a characteristic of the body of Christ. This is who we are and what we're doing right now. 
the, your manner of life is when somebody knocks on your door, you're not, to, you're not supposed to be fearful. Somebody needs help. You're not to be fearful. Somebody crying out for help. And you can help them because of who you are, because of whose you are. You help them. And the people said, Amen. Number two, we are sacrificial, we are not selfish. See, without Christ, we are selfish. Without Christ, we are number one. We think of number one, that's it. Number one is thought of first before anybody, anything else. And your fallen nature is very selfish. But in your redeemed nature, you are sacrificial. It's what makes you so incredibly awesome because you are willing to sacrifice for other people. And some of you who already went there and got all that toilet tissue, got all, I want you to take that and go share it with somebody else. Those of you who went and got 10 cans of Campbell's soup. Isn't it amazing that you and I, when we start living by fear, we, we count our safety by how, many, how much we got on the shelves. I don't know. But if God chooses that we have to believe him every day, He's able to come through every day. And some of you, before you had the money to buy 15 rolls of toilet paper, you had to live every day. Say, God, you know what I need? You and my babies need. You know, I, I ain't got but one dollar of gas in my gas tank. And how many of you know what I'm talking about? And you're not too, you, you're not too proud to, forget, to remember what it was like just a few years ago. We are sacrificial. That means, that means we're able to help somebody else. I want to tell you something. When, when, when crises come, then you, you become the answer in the midst of the crises. People that thought that maybe even looked down on you or people that didn't think much of you or people that didn't even notice you. And now when, you're in tr when they're in trouble, here you are. Oh my God, we have a whole different ball game. Christ is trying to magnify himself through the body of Christ right now. Therefore, we should not be hiding in our caves, fearful of what's going to happen. You got to go about your business. You got to take advantage of this right now. Let God, let, tap, no, don't tap your neighbor, just look at him and say, let God use you. Let him use you. We are, not, we are not living by fear. We are living by faith. And we are not selfish, but we're sacrificial. Now in Acts 2.42, we started the year with this verse of scripture. It, it describes the, the New Testament church as it was growing. They were continually devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were fellowshipping. Hello, somebody. We, we may, you know, we, we're not 500, but, but we are a church of small groups. And maybe now God is helping you to understand how important your small group really is. Somebody knows where you are, what's going on, what you need. It makes all the differences work. If, 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 listen, God forbid, but if we moved to martial law, we're okay because we're broken up into small groups and everybody knows where, they, they, where they're supposed to be. And if, you're, if you don't know where you're supposed to be, you need to come up here when I'm done with this message so we can get your name and get you connected. Amen. Next, 42-42, it, it, it talks about this, verse 45, they begin selling their property. Check this out, not hoarding their property. They begin selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all and anyone who might have need. Oh, my God. You mean to tell me that in a time when people are hoarding, we ought to be sharing? Because we're not afraid. 
And it says day by day, they kept meeting with each other. They had one mind, both in the temple and in their homes, both in the public place as well as their private homes. They kept on fellowshipping. I want you to rediscover the power of connecting while this is happening. You are not safe because you're hidden away in a cave somewhere. You are not safe because you're in your little apartment or your little house, and now you're going to set up guard dogs on, on every corner. You, know, you are not, that, that will not make you safe. I want to tell you that, that if you, all you have to do is go back and look at the past plagues of history, and you will see it's not proximity that saved you. And while, and while we're not embracing people that we know are sick, no, of course we're not doing that. But I'm going to ask you a question. If someone's hurting and they need you to pray for them, are you willing to pray for them? My Lord. Then go use the hand sanitizer. Are you all breathing out there? I'm sorry, in case you didn't know it, all the people, hundreds and hundreds, and well, right now, that by for thousands of people that my wife and I have laid hands on and prayed for who had disease and everything, I want to tell you God has always protected us. But I ain't sucking my fingers after I lay my hands on people. Do you understand what I'm trying to, do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> You never thought about that, right? Y'all be sweating. I'm like, Father, in the name of the power of God comes on people. You know, well, I ain't going, oh, that's no, no. I leave here. My help, come give me some. I wash my hands. I go home. It's all right. Miss <laughs> Andre, you've been with me long enough to know, babe. <laughs> you know. Continuing day continuing day by day. That's why we're going to take this day by day. Every day we're consulting. Every day we're talking with our leadership. If we need to change our meeting place or time, we will inform you. We have the mechanism to do that. Don't neglect communication. Right now, communication is a big deal. Make sure your phone is working. Hello, somebody. Make sure it's got power, okay? Make sure your phone's got power. Make sure, by the way, everybody here's got FaceTime, right? I'm sorry, Facebook. How many of y'all have Facebook? How many of y'all have text? Look around. You got text, right? You got text. You got We will communicate. Sorry, baby. We will communicate. We will communicate through all the means so you know what's going down. So right now, right now, as we sit here right now, uh, just prepare for us to gather together next week with more people. Amen? Clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. And if... And if the situation gets more intense, if there is an edict that comes down from authorities, we will obey that. And we'll just move right into small groups. Let the people say amen. By the way, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be prepared. When, when did we say we're going to address the folks on, on, uh, on Facebook? Questions after. Thank you very much. So uh, six o'clock, seven o'clock or eight o'clock on Sunday night, which one would you like me to address you on, if we have to, on, on Sunday night, tonight, tonight, which hour would you like me to address you about the next instruction? Six o'clock, seven o'clock, or eight o'clock? How many of y'all for eight o'clock? Raise your hand. How many of y'all for seven o'clock? How many of y'all for six o'clock? Looks like seven o'clock has it, seven o'clock has it, okay? You, can y'all make concessions for 7 o'clock? Tonight on 7 o'clock, I'm going to go on there. I'm going to put my face on there. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I get the zits off my face and everything, you know. Get it on. And I'm going and to talk with, I'll give you the instructions. That, that, and by the way, if you've got questions, you know, I never thought about this until last week. Are you playing? Yeah, good. Raise up. Yeah, right. Um, um, I never thought about it like I've thought about it in the last two weeks. I don't mind answering questions that we raise while we're preaching. So I want to use that format to inform us and to answer questions. Is that okay? And, and my daughter and her team will, will, will uh, mitigate and will deal with the whole social media 
approach and we'll keep talking. I want you to be, it. how many of you have the Metro app? Praise God. So I, how many of you read my statement on the Metro app? Anybody read it? We're going to have another one coming on to give you even further inf information. For all the best information that we get, we're going to pass it on to you. And we're going to use the app and we're going to use Facebook video just because we will not only be speaking to Metro, but there are others, other pastors of the churches that are listening to what we're saying. And so we want to give a platform we, they can all hear. And I, do, uh, help me, Tiff, uh, is there not, uh, not a way to answer? Is there not a way to, you can text and answer questions. They can ask questions. Do they do that? Do they do that on Facebook? Uh-huh. On the Facebook where it says text, right? You can text your, and we will have uh, souls that will be man manning that so we can get you an answer. Is that okay? So let's go there. Let's use the technology for good. Let's go home. We're real close. After we give. Amen. Check this out. They were. We are sacrificial and not selfish. And number three, last one. We shine the light. We don't hide the light. The Lord said, you and I, we are the light of the world. We, you and I, we are the light. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So quit hiding. Are you there, saints? 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. Listen to me. He is the treasure. We are the clay. He is the treasure. We have this treasure. Speaking of Christ by the Holy Spirit, God said, I'm hiding my treasure in you so that in your earthen vessel, when you are in connection with other people, they can see the value of who I am. Quit hiding. By the way, you know, these are times when you are, we are being placed in a situation where we declare who we are and what we believe. We're no longer ashamed of it. Tap, look at your neighbor and say, look at your neighbor and say, don't be ashamed of who God has made you to be. It's time to, it's time to declare who you are. You may not have to say, well, I'm a believer, I'm a disciple. You may have to show it. When they ask you a reason, you give them the reason. This is a time for us to come out of hiding, come out of seclusion, come out of being embarrassed about what you believe. They're not embarrassed about what they believe. They'll thumb it in your face and make you believe it if you, you know, they try to make you believe it. Am I right, saints? I'm, let, I tell you what, wait till crisis come and folk are in trouble. Oh, they change all that. They looking for, they look, they start looking for the light. If it, people in darkness are looking for the light. People don't know where to go. They're looking for somebody who knows the way to go. Bow your heads. Not afraid. Not afraid. When God is first in your life, when he is chief in your life, One of the things he gives you is peace, confidence, power and love, and sound minds, confidence. That's what his gift to you. If you don't have that gift, you can receive this morning. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, has his hand on your life. You need to receive him this way. Lord, because you said don't be afraid, I'm not going to be afraid. You need to settle your account with the Lord. The account of sin needs to be settled and God is the one that has supplied the payment for your sin and it's nothing less than the blood of the Son of God. 
You need to settle your account. Deal with that in your life. You know, this situation is raising sin before the body of Christ. Because sin operates against faith. Once you deal with sin, repentance from dead work sin, then faith comes towards God. Some people can't believe because of what they do. Let God be all in all. Let Christ be the Savior and Lord to you now. For real. Not for religion. For real. Accept the payment for your sin. Your protection. His purpose being fulfilled in your life. Accept the price. It was his blood. The Lord Jesus is Lord over all. God has made him both Lord and Christ. Let him be both to you. If you've never done that, it is so simple. Simply the consent in your heart and the confession of your mouth. You say, Lord, I, I need you to forgive me of trusting in me and not trusting in you. And the things that come up before you in the presence of God that are displeasing to God, he has paid for them with his blood. You must appropriate that payment by your consent Yes, Lord, I believe that you died for me and you paid for my sins. And then that transaction must take another step. You must accept him as not only your savior, but the Lord of your life. He owned you, he bought you, paid for you. He owned you. You must acknowledge him. His Lordship. Lord, I receive you as Lord over my life. Savior and Lord. You must admit what you need. Believe in your heart. And then you must confess it with your mouth. I'm yours, Lord. I believe you have died for my sins. Paid for them. You're my Savior and you're my Lord. And I am yours and I will follow you. I'll do whatever you ask. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who make that decision right now. Those who are joining in with us. Those of you who are joining in, in with us on live streaming. God bless you for praying that prayer. The Lord help you. The Holy Spirit, his presence be upon you as you say yes to him. Now you must connect with the body of Christ. Use hand sanitizer, but connect with the body of Christ. I thank you for.